Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for But there's too many people, they want the blessings of God, but they refuse to walk in grace. They want to stay under the law. They continually walk according to the flesh. But if you are truly, really saved, if you really, truly believed in the gospel, like most people claim they do, then you would not want to walk according to the flesh anymore. You won't even want to do it. There's so many people, oh, I'm saved, I'm saved, and they live like the devil. Um, I'm sorry, guys, I do not buy it. I just don't. If you're really saved and you truly believe in the gospel and gave your life, that change will come in. The Holy Spirit will take up residence. He'll start making changes to make it a good residence that he wants to live in. He'll bring some of his own possessions and his own character, and you will not want to walk according to the flesh anymore. You won't want it. All that stuff that will have no meaning like it used to, the the things you used to do in the flesh, because the Holy Spirit will have changed you. if. He truly indwells your inner man. A real believer is given Holy Spirit discernment. Discernment means the ability to tell what is right from wrong. You notice how everybody today is arguing about what's right and what's wrong. We're all going to fight about it. Well, what's right to you may not be right to me. No, there is a true right and wrong. And the Holy Spirit tells us what is and what ain't. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Okay, again, everybody argues what's right and wrong. The the debate is always over who is really right. The Holy Spirit is who's right. And he is the one who will come and tell us what true righteousness actually is. But remember, The world hates those who are in Christ. If you're in Christ and you've received Jesus, you get the Holy Spirit involved in your intimacy of your core being. He indwells taking residence in your spirit. The world is going to hate you. He's going to hate you, and you're going to have people come and attack you you uh, to debate you over what's really right and wrong. How does a Christian deal with all the arguments that try to attack our walk with God? Because they're going to do it. How do you deal with this? 2 Corinthians 10 and 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, underline that if you're reading with me, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish 
all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Wow. Okay. Whew. That 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 that's exciting. Uh, let me catch my breath because that guys, if the Bible doesn't excite you, you're not reading it. Okay. <laughs> this is telling you how to live in victory. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It means our weapons that we fight with, they're not physical. Our weapons are spiritual. Our weapons are spiritual. And so pray about it. Pray. That's like one of the best weapons you got. And it comes from the victory that Christ already won for us. Uh, it's our weapons are spiritual. And so every argument, you know, the people that hate you, they're going to come. Oh, yeah, what's really right? What's really wrong? Okay. Every argument or high thing. Oh, I I'm, I am so experienced in this and I've been, uh, I, I, I'm the man, you know, is the, and I'm going to tell you, Christian, what's truly right. Okay. Every argument, every high thing that tries to raise itself up against the knowledge of God, you do not have to get into a fight with that. Don't engage it with physical warfare. Instead, cast it down. Cast it down. That means don't let it have your life. Don't let it have your thoughts. Don't let it have your actions. Don't let it have you. You slam some prayer onto it. Cast it down. And every thought that revolves around the argument, every thought that revolves around the conflict, every thought period, you bring every thought you get into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Let me give you a picture. You know how when you go fishing, there's some fish that you can eat and there's some fish that you can't eat. You have to make sure they meet the state's requirements first. I mean, if you if you catch a hardhead or one of those, uh, what do they call them, mullets, you throw them away. You, you already know right away. You, you can't eat that fish. But even some fish are good to eat. But even when the fish you catch that are good to eat, you have to determine the state's uh, gaming requirements first. Are, are they the right size? Uh, can I have this fish even though he's good to eat? You know. So basically this is what I'm saying. Whenever you catch a fish, you don't know what you have yet. You first have to reel it in, don't you? You can't tell what's out there when it's just shaking the line around. You have to reel it in. You have to bring that fish into captivity. Bring it into captivity so that you can evaluate it and determine if it's something you can keep or you have to throw away. You don't just pull a fish in and throw it straight in the ice bucket without looking at it first. You bring it into captivity. You get that fish in your hands and you look at it. Can I have this fish or not? You exercise discernment over that fish if it is your benefit or if it would not do you any good. And so then, for every conflict, the arguments you cast down, and for every thought, every high-minded thought that comes into your that comes into your mind, everything that your mind catches, before you act on that thought, first, you need to bring it into captivity. Bring it into captivity first. Two, the obedience of Christ. You evaluate this thought, just like you evaluate, is that fish permissible for me to keep it according to the state game laws? You have to bring every thought into captivity so that you can evaluate that thought if it stands well with the obedience to Christ. Or is it disobedient thought that you should be ready to punish and toss away? Bring every thought into captivity and evaluate it against the obedience of Christ. Don't just act on every thought you have. That's the world's problem today. I think it, I'm going to run out and do it. 
You know, Nike even had a slogan for a time, just do it, just do it. Well, the Bible doesn't say just do it. The Bible says bring it in captivity first and see if it matches up with God's word or not. Okay, Ephesians 3 and 16. It says, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Okay. The love of Christ surpasses our mind. Remember, our mind is so limited, it can't even get under God's, uh, subject itself to God's law. Not without the Holy Spirit in our inner man, encouraging, influencing, and guiding us to do it. The, The love of Christ surpasses your mind. You can't imagine it. That's why Jesus dwells in our hearts, it says. I've heard some people say that to... Make the prayer, O Lord Jesus, come in my heart, is not biblical. Well, yes, it is biblical because it says in Ephesians 3.16 that Christ may dwell in your heart. Okay, there it is right there. It is biblical. So this is why you can't just react with every thought that you have when Jesus dwells in your heart because you have to evaluate that thought with Christ first. And you can't even evaluate it in your mind. Your mind, remember, the mind doesn't even have the ability. You can't even evaluate it in your mind until you first hear from what the Holy Spirit tells you in your spirit. That, that, this is why short tempers are so evil, because the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Because when somebody just snaps at every thought, they have yet to evaluate. They did not bring every thought into captivity. You have to discipline. You have to have the discipline. Remember, the disciple is the root word of discipline. So to be a disciple, you have to have that discipline to get still before the Lord first, to listen to the inwardly, the inward inner man for righteous discernment. Because as we read in Ephesians 3.16, it says you got to be rooted and grounded in love, Christ dwell in your hearts, right? And have the spirit and the inner man, all those things have to happen first, that you may be able to comprehend. It says, means you got to have that discernment. You, you can't even comprehend what's going on with all the other saints. What is the depth and the width and the, the, the length and the height and all that? You cannot know unless you have the Holy Spirit in you. Your mind cannot handle it, but the Holy Spirit can reveal to you. Isn't that good? Isn't it good that he would even do these things? First Peter 2 and 11, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, Abstain from fleshly lusts, which lust against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Wow. You know, telling people about righteousness is one thing. That's one thing. But when people see you blow up and act like the world, They'll never be convinced of the gospel. You can talk all you want. Oh, I've got Jesus and I'm saved and all that. But you live like the devil. You ain't convincing nobody of nothing. Once people see the gospel proven in your life time and time again, 
then at some point when they would be coming to present another argument against you, another conflict against you, another way to you know tear your name down, they will eventually be won over by the representation you display in your life. And that representation takes a continual 24-7 discipline for us to not allow flesh to win the war on our mind. This isn't the goody two-shoes. Oh, Ray, come on, not having a beer because you're too good, too self-righteous for a beer. I've heard that before. No, I'm not too self-righteous. I'm trying to represent my Lord who is righteous. I'm trying to represent him so that when the next time people try to come and, and say a foul thing against me, they won't. Rather, they will turn and be able to glorify the Lord one day. Keep your focus on the indwelling Holy Spirit. Paul says to pray continually. Remember that? Pray continually, he says. Don't stop praying. Why? Because Paul is saying stay inward. Stay inward. Stay close. Feel that tug of that child and ignore the crowd and stay close to the Holy Spirit. Keep talking down there to the, to the silent voice that you have in you. Be still and know that I am God. Stay inward and don't let the flesh have your mind because if it does, then you will react sinfully. You'll snap. You'll blow up. You'll just have to say something. You'll hit somebody. You'll choke them. All these bad things that you're not supposed to do. Stay inward. Peter said these lost people can one day glorify God because of you, because of Jesus in you and your insistence to maintain a discipline to keep your conduct honorable before them. Remember, your weapons are not physical. They are spiritual, so keep the battle spiritual. It will lead others to salvation. I know people that are trapped in bad situations. Somebody is just picking at them. Maybe they're in a bad marriage or they got this terrible co-worker, boss, or something, and they're always caught in this, this drama, and they're always in the drama. Well, here's my equation for that. The best way to get out of drama is to get out of drama. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You need to keep this battle spiritual. When they pop off at you, don't pop off back because they're acting by the flesh. You're the believer. You're the Christian. You're the one that's supposed to have Jesus indwelling, the Holy Spirit of God indwelling your heart. You're not supposed to act like them. You're not supposed to be worldly. Don't react like them. Keep the battle spiritual. Don't fight them with carnal weapons. Don't fight them with physical weapons. You fight with spiritual weapons and pray. Get still before the Lord in your inner man. Oh, that's so good. Romans 8 and 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation. Oh, I got to say that again. There is therefore now no condemnation. To those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. And the proof that you are is that you don't walk according to the flesh. You walk according to the Spirit. You've got to prove who you really belong to. Uh, Guys, when you say you're saved and you're constantly acting like the devil, I don't believe you. And guess what? Even unbelievers don't believe you either. To walk by the Spirit means you have to tell the body, no. Tell the body, no. 1 Corinthians 9.27 says, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, 
lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Okay? Subjection means you give to another's authority. Like you've heard people say, his loyal subjects. That subjection. Or people that have said, I have subjected myself to the king, or I have subjected myself to this person or this law. Okay, guys, basically, get strict with the flesh. Get strict with it. To put it under the authority of God, it's the same as humbling yourself. Put that body under subjection. Why? Because you can disqualify yourself. Now, don't get scared. This word disqualification does not mean revoked salvation. A lot of people do that to the scriptures. They do gymnastics and twist it up. It does not mean revoked salvation. It means you can disqualify yourself from effective kingdom work. You lose your place to talk, basically, if you refuse to live according to the Spirit. I know pastors who have been caught in adultery, very sad, and they were disqualified from their position. They were disqualified from preaching at the pulpit. They lost their wife. They lost their job because they would not put their fleshly lusts under subjection to the obedience of Christ. It doesn't mean they lost salvation, but they sure made a hypocrite out of themselves for telling everybody else how to obey while they weren't doing it themselves. Bring the body into subjection. It's like when you get up for work, your body does not want to get up, but your mind says, body, get up. I don't care if it's five o'clock in the morning, we're getting up because we got to go to work because it's the right thing to do. Because you know, if you miss too much work, you're going to get fired. That means you will get disqualified. Same deal here. God can fire you, disqualify you from teaching others about Jesus Christ if you insist on living like the devil while telling other people who Jesus is. And you have to obey Jesus, but I'm not going to do it. Guys, God won't tolerate that. We have to be strict about not living like the world does. We have to put that body into subjection. Keep your representation of Jesus authentic. 2 Corinthians 5 and 10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Sounds scary? Everybody's going to receive the things they've done in the body, good or bad. You know, if that sounds scary to you, let me give you some advice. Right now is a good time to get right with Jesus and put that flesh subject to the Holy Spirit of God and start walking in obedience to Christ rather than what you want to do. Because trust me, what you want to do is under the influence of the sin nature of the flesh. You are never your own man. You are either owned by the flesh or you're owned by the Lord Jesus Christ. When you get saved, you're just switching who owns you. I'm no longer going to be run owned by the sin nature. I am now owned by the Lord Jesus Christ. And guys, your judgment, it rides on this. If you want another way of how to do this right, I have a very simple passage that lines it all out. Words for you to live by. Here it is. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Always put your trust where the Holy Spirit indwells, guys. Don't go by what you think. 
oh, but I have all this vast experience. No, because the flesh is always waging war on the mind and it will twist your experience to your bad end. You have to listen inwardly to the spirit to get the right direction. Notice, trust in the Lord with all your what? Your heart. It doesn't say trust with your mind. It says trust in the Lord with your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. That means get your what you think out of the equation. Listen inwardly to what the Holy Spirit says and trust in the Lord in your heart. Go that way. And friends, don't worry about the continually degrading condition of your body. I know your body ain't what it used to be. Mine's not either. Don't worry about that. Culture tells you that the body is top priority. No, it is not. You know, I've known people that have fallen into dementia, and uh, as their mental capacity fades, that sin nature comes out, man. The sin nature comes out, and it wages that war on the mind, but they're starting to lose their mind. And people who have always been kind to you, suddenly it makes them become mean. Don't hold it against them. Don't hold it against them. Don't hate them for the things they do or things they say. They're losing their mental capacity, and that war from the sin nature is starting to come out. I want you to remember to be glad that our salvation is sealed and promised by the Holy Spirit in our inner man. He doesn't seal the body. These people that go through these degradation effects and they start saying and doing things they would have normally ever done, if they're sealed by the Holy Spirit, they're sealed in their spirit and they'll be kept. Remember to be glad that our salvation is sealed by the Spirit because if it were not, we would all lose our salvation. And that is just not biblical. Because in Ephesians 1, as we read, when you're saved and sealed, you are also promised. Promised. Don't worry about the degrading body that you live in. Listen inwardly to the Holy Spirit. Your body is going to go bad. (laughs) It just does. Don't worry about that. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, Therefore we do not lose heart, Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. You notice how all salvation verses deal with the inner man, the spirit. Salvation verses always deal with the inward. Romans 10.9 says, if you believe in your what? In your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. John 3.16 says, whoever believes in him, belief is the heart. Belief is not the mind. Choices are in the mind. Belief is in the heart. That's why Proverbs says, trust the Lord with your heart, believe and trust in him with your heart. But you make decisions in the mind, but don't trust in the mind. Trust in the Lord with your heart. You're saved in the heart. You're sealed in the heart. That's good news. Because if I didn't know this, the three parts of man, I would think there's nothing could be done about me. But God knows us better than you do. He made you and he knows how to save you, even though we went and ruined the whole thing. Father God, I come before you in prayer. Thank you for what you've done to save me. Lord, I blew the whole thing. I blew all of it. I blew it two times over. I actually earned the wages of death. But you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to save me, and I thank you for that. O wretched man that I am, who will save me from this body of death? My Lord Jesus Christ. If you have just given your life to Christ, I want to hear about it. Let me know. uh, Follow up on the information at the end and let me know something about yourself. I'd love to hear it. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. You are prime real estate. 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.